If someone came up to you and asked, hey, what's your story? Would you know what to say? And then could you say it succinctly and with impact? As business owners, we've all been on a journey. We've all experienced twists and turns that have brought us to this current point. And sharing this journey with our customers is so powerful when it comes to building stronger connections because they get to see more about the humans behind the products and services. Today, I'm chatting with fellow copywriter Rashida Tayabali about the power of storytelling and why you shouldn't just showcase it on your about page. Now, as a bit of a disclaimer here, since recording this interview, I've left the Clever Copywriting School community that Rashida and I talk about. But don't worry, it all happened on good terms. That door just needed to close so another one could open. It was time to make room for the next stage in my business. And I'll keep you updated on all that in the near future. But that's enough from me. Let's jump into today's episode on showcasing yourself via storytelling. Welcome to the Marketing and Me podcast. If you're eager to grow your health and wellness business via effective marketing methods while maintaining your own health and wellness, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Leanne Shelton, and I help business owners just like you build trustworthy connections with their ideal clients. And I do this through engaging conversational copywriting and strategic advice at Right Time Marketing. So feel free to book in a free 30-minute discovery call with me after listening to today's episode. The details are in the show notes. And today I'm joined by my guest, Rashida Taibali. Welcome, Rashida. Thanks, Leanne, for having me. You're very welcome. Now, we've known each other for a few years now. Um, we're fellow copywriters at, in Kate Toon's Clever Copywriting Community. Um, so, yes, you could say that uh, we're competitors, but uh, if anyone who's been in that online community would know, we're a lot more like cousins, which is how I, how I like to put it. Um, and we, so we met face-to-face a couple of years ago, uh, one of the Copycons. Yes. And, um, yeah, the whole group, we're all very supportive of each other, aren't we? Uh, yes, we are, actually. It's a really nice um, community to be a part of, no matter what stage of your business you're in. It's very true. There's the newbies and there's the, well, I don't want to say old bees, but you know, <laughs> the more experienced and we, we help each other out. And uh, I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but ultimately I also, because, yeah, um, I was not sure if I should join the group. I think it was you, Rashida, that kind of helped yes. me across the line to say, yes, I'd go in. Because yeah. um, I'm like, how does, how does this work? Like, aren't we all competing against each other? And once I joined and, and you kind of made me feel a bit comfortable, more comfortable with it too, I just realized, you know, we're all in different niches. We all do different things, different levels of experience. And as Kate always says, there's more than enough work to go around for everyone. Um, so it's, yes, I've, I've been in the group three years now and still going. Yeah, I've been in the group five years now, I think. There you so, go. Yeah, it's... um. I enjoy it and I think I've learned heaps from it and that's I think has taken my business in the direction that I really wanted it to go in 
So yeah, and I met you as well there. So good. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Uh, we'll have to organize another coffee when we yeah we can because we're not yeah. too far away from each other. Um, now before we go too much further, I'll read out your bio so everyone knows more about you. Uh, so Rashida is a copywriter for female entrepreneurs, features writer, and founder of the Newcomer Blog. She helps brands use the power of clear and concise copy to sell their product or service all without sounding salesy, which is something I'm also passionate about. Um, Rashida helps reduce content stress and overwhelm for women in business, freeing them up to focus on growing their businesses. In her free time, you'll find her frowning at typos and trying to catch up on the 20 plus books she's yet to read on her bookshelf and Kindle. Um, yes, I also have a similar list. <laughs> um, and you'll also find her um, reluctantly scrolling and sharing on Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn. So thank you. How did you share? What are some of the books that you have yet to read? Um, well, I've got... Uh... Uh, a few different books in different genres. So I recently started getting into self-improvement and productivity. Um, So I've got one book that says, change your schedule, change your life. Um, Another one um, is a Indian uh, detective mystery book. Um, And the third one is uh, chicken soup for the soul on the theme of forgiveness. Um, and I've got countless others sitting on my Kindle, all in different genres. So, yeah, it's all, um, you know, book guilt happening right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. And I, I mean, I've just, um, I've been reading a book and I've decided to stop reading it because it just wasn't resonating with me. Uh, I, and I hate doing that. But I think there's just so many books out there that I do want to read. Like, just don't waste time reading ones that I don't like yeah oh. I do the same um and it's only something that I recently started doing because I think the way we read is we want to read from cover to cover because we are afraid of missing any nuggets in there um but yeah I don't do that anymore if a book doesn't grab me in the first chapter or two I just aside and start something new yeah yeah I agree I'm trying to yeah I feel like oh then I wasted all this time reading it you know if it didn't you know, do anything for me, resonate, or whether it's a self-development, you know, or business development, or even just fiction. There is a fiction book I've been reading, which I think would capture my attention if I actually gave myself enough time to read it, but mm-hmm. I've kind of just been doing it at snippets. Um, but yeah, so anyway, um, could you please tell us a little bit more about your you and your business journey? Okay, so I um, started um, writing um, or thinking about writing when I was on maternity leave from my marketing book. Um, this was about uh, nine years ago now. Um, and um, I was debating with myself about whether I wanted to go back to my marketing job or um, stay at home with my baby. And um, because of uh, employer inflexibility um they were insisting on me coming back to work four days a week um and then going full-time shortly after my baby was quite small so i decided to explore what else i could do and uh, i actually have this um business and career direction to thank my husband deserves the credit because um he came up with the idea that oh so now you're on maternity leave and you know you've got all this time with the newborn um, why don't you start writing? <laughs> All this time. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> all this time, you know, so you've always wanted to do it. So why don't you? And um, it, it must be serendipity because um, earlier on, before I um, had my baby, a year or two before that, I met another writer who was in the, in, in the position that I'd always thought I would want to be in. And I had a chat with her and she had given me some tips on how she got started. And um, I pretty much followed what she told me and, uh, you know, signed up for um, courses with the Australian Writers' Centre. So in, the, initially, uh, um, I started off as a features writer. So I was pitching to online and print publications. Um, and I had a fair bit of, um, I think, uh, good success and which really boosted my confidence at the beginning. So I had articles uh, published uh, in Essential Baby, um, Practical Parenting when it was still alive um, and a whole range of other publications. And it actually made me feel that I could do this. And then um, copy, I um, accidentally fell into copywriting because once my friends um, had started uh, reading um, my articles and they also knew I blogged, you know, at, the, at that time. And a few of them approached me and said, can you write some content for us for a business? You know, can you write my website copy or can you write my about page? And I thought, okay, well, I haven't done this before, but I'm sure how hard could it be? Because um, I had done some writing as part of my marketing job. You know, I used to work in a fairly busy team and we had a lot of communications in that team. So yeah, I started off with that. And now um, copywriting is almost 80% of my business or 90 um, and 10% is uh, feature writing. I still try and keep that going because I really loved it, love it. Um, so I often write for SBS Voices. Um, sometimes kids spot um, and pretty much any other uh, you know magazine I'm interested to be published in so yeah that's a bit about how I got started love it yeah the, the very beginning of the journey is very similar to mine uh, the whole one of the flexibility around the baby thing um, I think that's probably why a lot of um, our listeners have started their businesses um, and it is becoming a bit more mainstream and yeah and the features writing I, I wanted to cover that a little bit shortly but yes you're very good at it. I love your articles uh, <laughs> um, I'll put some links to um to some in the show notes for you okay. um okay so today I want to talk about uh storytelling yeah. so could you please explain what is brand storytelling and why is it important for businesses um well brand storytelling is uh, a term that's come up recently I think in 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 the marketing world and um it's been there for about I think a few years now it's still quite a young I think young um, marketing practice but uh, it's uh, forecast to be very very important in the future especially with all the different technologies coming up so brand storytelling is simply sharing your business story with your audience it's giving them a chance to connect with your business on an emotional level you know telling them your why why do you exist how can you how do you make lives better how does your product or service help um, you know, people. And um, it's also about sharing your mission, your vision, and what you hope to achieve in your organization. Yeah, I love that. And I think um, I, yeah, I'm going to come to the next question, but having it in your about page, that stuff on your website is just so important. Uh, I think I've mentioned on the podcast a few times, I've definitely said it in my courses and things, that it's just you want to see the human behind the business and yes. that's where your storytelling and obviously storytelling can also appear elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so how can storytelling be used? Um, I mean, there's about page and where else? 
Okay, so one of the brands that I'll uh, I'll mention um, one because I really like their food, and second, I think they do a brilliant job where storytelling in marketing is concerned is the food chain Nando's. Um, you know, so one of the ways they've used storytelling, um, I think, quite creatively, is by putting it up on their wall. So every restaurant that you go to um, will have the Nando story in there for a long time. I think for years and years, it used to be about a legend about how a cockerel was about to be slaughtered. And then, you know, it suddenly got up and crowed and then it was let off. Um, But now the story, they recently, I think, went through a rebranding exercise. And now the story is all about how two friends discovered Peri Peri while they were dining in a kiosk in Mozambique. And I think Something like that, as you're sitting there as a diner and you're looking around, you know, it, it's really something that can grab your attention and feel makes you feel all warm and fuzzy because you're sitting there having that whole experience and you're here reading the story at the same time. Um, I think story t- uh, another way storytelling can be used is in packaging. Um, like I recently bought products from uh, uh, a hair company and they actually sent me a handwritten note about how they got started and what their brand is all about. And I think that's a very, very nice and personal touch. So I think as businesses, you just need to get a little bit creative about putting your story out there in different forms and not just thinking that it has to go on your about page, but actually like what Nando's does is they put it on the napkin as well. So they have little snippets of microcopy. Um, and they'll say, you know, really cool things like, um, uh, like our food, why not peri-peri us? Or do you love peri-peri us? Or little things like that. I think they're really nice touches um, in, in, in sharing your story with the customers. I love that. And I think anyway, yeah, if, if you've got a waiting room or something, yeah, put it there, yeah. put it on a card or put it on the wall if you've got a blank wall um, or even attach little things to products, little tags going, we hope you enjoy this because of X, Y, Z and a bit of micro copy. Yeah, uh, yeah that re- it really, it can be used anywhere, not just on your website. Website, yes. Yeah, very cool. And so uh, what's the formula, do you think, for a really engaging story? Okay, so I think in um, if I bring in my feature writing um, experience and my copywriting experience, so I think the formula is basically the same. There needs to be a hook, so something to bring the customer or the reader in. So in in um, in a feature story, it would be the title of the story, the heading. I mean, I think in in copywriting, it would also be the heading. So whatever headings you're using on your website um, will actually the thing that grabs the person's attention and keeps them reading. So that's called a hook in feature writing and it's a headline in copywriting. Um, And I guess um, give them a glimpse of why you started the business. So don't be all very corporate Be warm, be engaging, be friendly, just like as though you were meeting that customer in real life and telling them how you got started. Um, And uh, some... um, Sometimes you can add a statistic if it's really, really important to your story. So, for example, the charity Water does that really well, you know. So they tell you how many wells they've built and how many villages have been, um, you know, benefited from your donation. And it tells you exactly where your donation is going in number form. Um, I think sharing your values as well is really, really important as part of that story. Um, so uh, telling the customer, so basically the value part is where the customer will see themselves reflected in you. And that helps to form a much closer relationship. 
Um, and basically, what solutions do you provide? Um, in, in very friendly human terms, how does your product make your customer's life better? And images are very, very important as part of that because they show the human behind the brand. Yeah, so it really goes quite deep, doesn't it? Because it's it's so much more than just saying surface level. We do this, and um, uh, we can yeah, provide this solution. It's um, yeah, like you said, like that beginning why you started your business, and this is why I think it's it's really effective on like your about page, just as one example, because um, it's it's really yeah, connecting with the audience. They really get a feel. Uh, you're not just on this like pedestal as the business owner that you're going to purchase from. They're a human. There's a catalyst happened in their life. Um, maybe it was a bad thing. Maybe it was a, a good thing. And it just makes them more relatable and, and likable. Yeah. And I think if the customer can see themselves reflected in your story, they're more likely to stick around to see what you're selling and become a loyal customer down the line. Yeah, especially like I said with the statistic point, like if you are supporting a charity or something or you are a charity and a certain percentage or all your your, um, funds go towards it and then you can say what kind of uh, result you're getting from from all of this amazing support from the customers, then it might make them even more, you know, involved in the story and and want to contribute maybe to separate donations, not just through your business too. Yeah, yeah, because human beings are wired to connect and understand stories on a very emotional level. And I think we've been doing that ever since the first caveman decided to scratch out symbols in his cave um, because a picture is, you know, worth a thousand words, yes, but sometimes the right words can create the right picture. And I think that's where we come in as copywriters to help create that picture for the customer through the business. Um, and, you know, if you can evoke certain emotions and feelings in your customer, then they're likely to come in and buy from you and remember you and refer you. Yes, yes. And so I'm just thinking, yeah, you can definitely tell stories through multiple social media posts um, or via emails. Like I've seen, I've seen it in both. So just talking about social media posts first, like the picture thing, create a really pretty graphic in Canva with um, one line of your story or something that's that's going to be that hook I guess and then you can really tell your story because you've got quite a lot of characters to work with in a, in a social media post that you can really go into the story there and then have like different parts or something you break over a couple of days. Yeah I think that would be a good um, way to uh, capture those customers who are on social media because it, it just it's another touch point and I think that's what will create that impact and get your story to be shared is like touching them at different points. So not just putting it on one place and expecting everyone to stay, but sort of spreading it out and so that as many people as possible can see it. Yeah, I agree. And that's why I think, yeah, then you should also put it reflected in your emails too, especially if someone, uh, I mean, you've probably had these the email sequencing come through and it's like, oh, thank first of all, thank you for downloading that thing. Then one of the next couple of emails is usually their story. And sometimes they're a little bit too long, I admit, when I've read them. But yeah. it, it just really paints the picture of that human, especially if you're not actually connecting with that human via videos it's just email you get to really hear their story and start connecting with them and then it means you yeah one of those touch points you're more likely to work with them in the future after really yeah connecting with them at that human level yeah i agree 
Yeah. And okay, so I want to talk about the article side of things now. So yes, mm-hmm. you've been featured in lots of awesome um, publications. And look, I've done a little bit of feature writing, but I haven't been very proactive with it. But mm-hmm. I would love to hear, you know, some advice from you when it comes to pitching your ideas. So if people have got a really good story about why they started the business and they know that story would really sell their products or services. How do they pitch that? How how like yeah, starting from scratch? What's the first thing they do? <laughs> okay, so the first thing um, I would do in that case is um, create a list of um, magazines or places where you want to be published. Um, look up who the editors are and start following them on social media. A lot of editors are very very active on Instagram. Um, I found not so much on LinkedIn, actually, but they're very, very active on Instagram. Start following them, start commenting, you know, on their posts, um, share some of your own um, ideas and insights with them. Um, And then when it comes time to pitching your story, just study the publication first. Yeah, just don't go out and pitch it blind, like don't do a scattergun approach because journalists and editors hate that. Um, So find out um, what sort of stories the magazine publishes. Is there a section where your business could fit in? Um, And what sort of angle do you want to showcase your business with? Like, for example, um, a good way to be would be, um, say, if you're a local florist, are you involved in some community program that that is newsworthy or is actually doing their own thing? So are you a donor? Are you a volunteer? And in that way, you can also tie your business to that. So find unique angles and give the editor a reason to publish your story. So is it relevant? Is it, you know, um, is it relevant to this section? Is it uh, something that's trending in the news? Um, Is it doing some good in the community? So give them something newsworthy. So not just a, a, a clear pitch about this is my business. This is what I do. But, but how is your business making things better? You know, what new or innovative thing are you doing that, you know, readers will be interested to think about, to read about? Because ultimately, it's all about the readers of that publication. Is it something that would catch their interest? Um, So, and then after you've um, nutted down what sort of angles you want to take, find out who the right editor is and find out their email and contact details. So you can do this in a number of ways, either Google them or call up the switchboard and um, see what um, format the email is in or ask the switchboard who the right person uh, is to pitch because um, often in these um, uh, bigger newspapers and especially in the light of um, you know recent events, there's been a lot of restructuring and redundancies. Mm-hmm. So the editors are always constantly changing. So find out who it is that you need to pitch to. Give them a reason to publish your story. Um, and uh, make it as easy for the editor to say yes as possible. So don't ramble on in your email. Um, Give them the relevant information in dot points. Attach any images or just tell them that you have images to support your story. Um, And if they say yes, and if you're a writer yourself um, or you're having somebody write it for you, make sure you follow the editorial guidelines or any changes that the editor recommends after you send in the story. Because um, if you don't follow their guidelines, then the chances of your story being published are actually quite low and you'll you know, cheese off the editor at the same time. Um, and just before you go on to submit your story, if you haven't heard back from the editor, follow up. 
I would not call them as such because they're quite busy, but just send in a follow-up email because their email, email inboxes are fairly busy and overflowing. Um, follow up a few times, like within a few weeks. Um, and if they don't respond to you, then just move on to another publication. Um, every publication you approach needs a tailored um, email. So get the editor's name right, get the uh, pitch and the angles right, and you'll have a higher chance of being published. I love that. I'm just thinking of an article that I submitted right before COVID hit. Um, and I, look, I, I honestly, I, I wrote it a certain way. I wrote it in um, first person from me rather than first person from the person I was talking about. And I got that feedback going, oh, we prefer first person from the person that it all happened to. So yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. I went away and fixed it all up, resubmitted it just as I was told, we're not taking more freelance stuff at this time. Um, but, yes, but then I had a follow-up of about a month ago saying, oh, yes, we're, we can take pieces again, but then radio silence after I, yeah. So I guess maybe it is time for one more follow-up and then move on. Three, yeah. um, <laughs> I'm spaced out. And, um, yeah, if the third time you don't get a response, I'll just try and see if there's another outlet that can take your um, story. Um, but I wouldn't. I would <clears throat> uh, also uh, be a little bit creative when pitching your story. So try and set it out in the format that the articles in that section are actually publishing. And rather than a generic pitch, try and really target your pitch to a certain section because that it's a, got a higher chance of being accepted. So how would you lay out the email? Be like D. De- the name. Um, <laughs> I have an article idea I would love to pitch to you. It's on this. Here's the key points involved. Um, I've got images or images can be provided. Yeah. Please let me know if you're interested. So ultimately what you say? Yeah, that's it. That's exactly right. Make it short, make it sharp and make it succinct. Um, and it's more likely to catch the editor's attention because sometimes I've heard that they only give two or three second attention to an email. Otherwise, it gets deleted straight away. So, yes, don't ramble on. Be very succinct. Um, include all the points that you think they need to know and then leave it at that. And those points should obviously relate to why the audience would be interested in reading it, wouldn't it? Yes, so that would be the the um, sort of the, the hook as to why they should publish your story. So is it making the news lately or is there a famous personality who's been on Instagram like, I uh, pitched two stories to um, SBS Voices yesterday and uh, one of the stories um, came out through uh, an idea that uh, I got while I was scrolling through Instagram. So there was a what you call a gap in the topics being covered and I pitched that gap and she accepted it and commissioned it. Um, so yeah, always think of new and fresh and unique ways to present your story that the publication hasn't done before. And um, just do your research um, before you pitch to just make sure your chances of success are a bit higher. I love that. And then, and you're also um, so focusing on storytelling and, and like you were saying, like you've, what's something you're doing that's related to yeah, trends or what's the gaps in the market rather than, so editorial versus uh, advertorial. And so advertorial is obviously when you're promoting yourself and your business. Um, that can be kind of as a, a side thing, like, you know, you kind of it's woven in towards the end that 
but that can't be the key purpose of the piece, can it? Yeah, yeah, no, it it can't all be about your business. It's about what your business is doing that's different to what others are doing in the market or something newsworthy that your business is involved in. Um, because there's hundreds and thousands of businesses and they can't um it's just not fun reading about what a business is, you know, is about and is doing, but it has to be something newsworthy. Um that's uh, you know got a will will be uh, seen as something that the publication would like to run. Yeah, I think that yeah, that research element is very important. Not just go, hey, I mean, look, if you're a, a reader of the publication, you would know very clearly what's what would be the type of content. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, yeah, just look into it. I guess yeah, buy some of the magazines if you if you if you haven't read it before, or read it online if it's an online thing. Um, so w- when it comes to yeah, being commissioned as a guideline. How much do you use to get paid? Is it it really varies? Yeah, look, it really varies on publication to publication, and I, it also varies between online and print. So I get paid uh, for a say a six hundred to eight hundred word article, um, anywhere from between one hundred and fifty to three hundred per article. So and the longer feature articles get paid a lot more, um, and also the the pay rate differs from. Uh, publication to publication like for example uh, sunday life pays more obviously than um some online print publication so it really depends everyone's different yeah so it's often it could be based on the readership or something like that or how big the publication is yeah i think it all comes down probably to what their budget is for freelancers um and what uh, i guess the industry rate on how much they pay so some pay more some pay less it just all depends Awesome. And I just want to put a note here that even if you're being paid only a small amount, it shouldn't be seen as um, an income stream for your business that way. It's, it's just like a blog, and I've mentioned this before, repurpose that article, uh, make sure you share it across your social media, multiple channels, take snippets, um, create a little video about it as well, going, hey, I just got featured in this publication, you know, be excited about it. Um, and also, I guess, if it is an online publication, make sure there's a backlink to your website. Yeah, yeah. Most uh, online publications will provide a backlink in when you add in your bio. But, um, uh, yeah, it all depends as well sometimes because uh, most publications don't like promoting um, businesses as part of what they're offering their readers. So sometimes they take away the link. But it's always worth asking the question about whether they can, you know, link to your website or not. Yeah, 100%. And on that note, look, sometimes you can just do this type of thing for free, like as a guest blog, um, and that can just be really beneficial for, I mean, yeah, usually if it's a guest blog, then you do ask for a backlink, um, but it all comes down to the publication and and how they treat other guest bloggers or freelancers. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Um, Do you have any other just general tips about storytelling if someone's getting into it brand new? (laughs) Uh, yeah, one thing I think I've realized with a lot of clients is that um, they're very much afraid to use their voice and have their personality shine through. Um, so I would say don't be afraid to use your voice because that's what is going to make you sound and feel different to other people out there in the market. Um, so definitely, you know, write the way you talk. I'm sure it's a popular advice you've heard. Um, you know, when it comes to writing uh, your about page, for example, um, give your once you've written your about page, ha- have a look, have a look at what others 
um, other examples of um, about pages in different industries. So just before you start writing, so just so you get a good idea of what to include, what not to include. Um, and finally, always focus on your customer. So always bring it back to how your business will improve their life. So if you're, um, for example, if you're uh, running a pet grooming business and you have adopted, you know, puppies and dogs yourself, that's very good to include in there. But if you are a um, florist, I would say how the number of pets you've got probably not very relevant to your about page. So be very um, choosy about the sort of information you include in your about page and just have a look at what others are doing to get good ideas. But ultimately, it will come down to what's right for your business. So an about page that's you know highly recommended in blogs or in news articles, st- the style will may not always match yours. So you have to be creative in how you um, write your own about page because it, it is something it's a good place to build a connection and a relationship with your um, reader. So I wouldn't take it lightly either, but I would also not agonize too much over whether it sounds right and doesn't sound right. Look, I've changed my about page at last count. It's 55 times. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it's because my business has evolved from what I was to what I am now is quite different. So I've had to obviously um, you know, rewrite my about pages quite a few times. And yes, at last count, I'm at 55. So wow, I, I probably need to update mine. I've probably only done five. So I'm way behind. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's um, your about page is um, the best place to share your story, I think, because it is one of the most read pages on your website. Um, you know, and just be creative with it, you know, make it a bit interactive if you want to, um, you know, uh, put up a little quiz in there and don't forget to put your images in there because people want to see who you are. So don't hide behind the words, but, you know, get a professional headshot done if you want, but um, really, really bring out your personality on that page. I think that would be my best tip. I love that. It's very true. And I, I try to be a bit quirky on mine because that's ultimately what like who I am. Um, but yes, I really, I should go back and reflect on the base of what you've said now and, and see if it does go into the story. But it's so true. Like I, I do have clients who, you know, they've, uh, they're, they're counselors or coaches and quite often they are overwhelmed or they've, they've been through some sort of um, careless, like yeah, depression themselves. So therefore they can relate to those clients who come to them with those issues um, or they're a busy mom or they've, struggle with the the work-life balance so therefore they can help with that aspect because they've lived and breathed it and it really just I think it just builds this yeah high element of trust and um, when someone knows that you have been through exactly what they're going through it's not just um, oh I'll just tell you give you a cookie cutter approach and this is what you should do but I haven't lived it, so I can't actually tell you. And I think, you know, like for me, like with my marketing training, I can say, I've lived this, I've tried this stuff out, I know what works, I know what doesn't. And so I can, yeah, and ultimately the more I do, the more I notice the difference. Um, Yeah, so it's very true. And, yeah, reading it out loud just to hear how it sounds and if you stumble over it and you put a word you don't usually say in everyday language, then just go back and, and change that. Yeah. And also, I think another really great thing to do with your about page is once you've written it, perhaps give it to your dream customer to read and see if it resonates with them and also give it to a peer. 
to read you know and uh, normally other people have um quite good insights into what makes you tick and you know they might be telling you oh but you forgot this part and don't you remember you did this and this is why customers keep coming back because you do a b and c and those things are really good to include on your about page so definitely don't be scared to give it out for feedback and give it to your dream customer to read i think that would be the place where they could add the most value um to your about page Yes, that's so good. I love that. Um, yeah, thank you for all those tips. That's, um, I'm definitely going to reflect on my own stuff now and make some changes to my about page so I can go to the sixth version. Yeah, um, not <laughs> as many as mine, but uh, how often do you change it? Oh, oh look, um, there was a period in time where I was changing it every three months or so. Um, recently, I've changed it, and I think that version is there to stay. Um, I've tried to. uh include a little bit about my background and because obviously i don't have a typically australian name so i've tried to you know give people a back story about where i'm from how i ended up here and how i've became a writer um i've had some good feedback about my about page so i'm hoping that you know it's also resonating with clients um because i find that um because my my name sounds quite indian I wanted to sort of take away that objection and tell people up front that I was um, or I am a mix of nationalities but actually I have a British education so you know writing and um, uh, writing your they work will not be a problem for me because English is my first language even though I I mentioned in my about page that I speak and read and write about five different languages um so you know that's an asset it doesn't take away from me writing the copy but actually gives them a more richer type of experience. Yes, cuz I know you have had that objection before people going, "Oh, I want someone who, if they don't have an Australian accent or yeah, British accent, then yeah. they don't trust them to write really good copy in English." But you obviously do it really well. So, I think that's really important that you've you've tackled that. Um and I think yeah, you think of that in your your website copy uh especially about page of what objections could come up and address them then and there like hit the nail on the head before it comes up later on. Yeah, because you might actually lose a potential a really good client based on an objection they have that you haven't answered in your website copy because website is your business card an extended business card and it needs to pinpoint and really narrow down on what the customers may object to before they even pick up the phone to call you so i've addressed the issue of my name and the fact that i'm multilingual um in my about page and um so far i've not had anyone you know sort of bring it up pointedly uh which i think so so it must be working then <laughs> awesome yeah and i'll put a link in the show notes to your about page so we can go check it out Thank um <laughs> and so i always um ask my guests this uh how do you manage your health and wellness Okay so now uh, I'm a bit of a health and fitness junkie so I'm always looking for the next you know good diet and um uh superfood to eat but I've actually realized that um uh if I'm to be a good writer and to run my business and to be a good you know mom and a partner and everything I need to do some simple things quite um on a regular basis so I um run um and walk a few times a week um i have started doing meditation and yoga sessions in the morning um right after i get up um and before i have breakfast i get enough sleep and i can only do that now because my 3 year old has finally started sleeping through the night Yay! <laughs> 
<laughs> I know. I just, I never thought this day would get here. Uh, and I uh, recently, a few weeks ago, uh, realized there was a lot of white noise in my, in my head. So I've gone ahead and deleted social media off my phone. So I only log into social media now on my desktop. It took me a lot of discipline to do that. Oh, but good for you. I should do that. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I find that the phone really gets in the way of my writing time. Um, and I really sort of is a, a very big distraction. So I keep my phone in another room when I'm writing and I put it to silence. So I don't get disturbed with calls and, and turned off all notifications as well. So, yeah, those are some of the things that I do. Love that. And so with your like running and walking, when do you squeeze that into your day? So um, I try and get that done um, just after I do the drop-offs. So uh, in the mornings, otherwise, if I don't, if I've got a full working day, then I go out and run in the evenings. So once my day is over, I do it. But now that I'm doing yoga in the morning, it really sets me up nicely for the day. So I have managed to get in a bit of exercise, but then I do the hard running then later on in the, I, I sometimes go running at night um, just because, you know, the, there's a local park down from where I live. So it's quite convenient. Um, otherwise mornings is I find the best time to get exercise done yeah I'm a bit the same I've noticed if I go for my walk or run straight after the drop off then I I make it happen otherwise the day just gets away and my lunch break I usually just like to chill out in front of the couch (laughs) rather than go for a walk which I probably should change Um, but I might yeah maybe as it gets warmer I'll be more likely to go out in the middle of the day too yeah Um, awesome and so how can people connect with you Okay, so I'm a very reluctant scroller and poster on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Um, and uh, you can find me there under Rashida Tayabali Writer. Great. I'll put that there and also put in the show notes your about page so we can check that out and get inspired. Um, (laughs) Yes, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, I think it was really useful information. And, you know, even though I'm a writer, I haven't delved as much as you into the storytelling thing, which is why I thought it'd be really good to have you on and really cover that. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. It was lovely chatting with you, Leanne, and I hope to meet up for that coffee soon. Yes, we'll make it happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and thank you to you, dear listener, for tuning in. You can find show notes for the episode at marketingandme.com.au. If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe and leave me a rating and a review via your podcast app or at ratethispodcast.com slash marketingandme. And if you're interested in connecting, uh, feel free to reach out to me via LinkedIn. Just search for Leanne Shelton and you can also join the Marketing and Me podcast Facebook group. If you want to learn more about generating leads or outsourcing your copywriting to me, head to my website, righttimemarketing.com.au and book in a free 30-minute discovery call. And until next time, I wish you good health and good wealth.